Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you that you are a rock, which we stand on. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the fact that we have a relationship because of what you have done for us. And um, I just want to thank you so much. I just pray for today's service. I pray that your Holy Spirit will be moving, leading us and guiding us here. Open our hearts and our minds to what you want us to hear and see. In your name I pray. Amen. You may have a seat. Um, if you have your Bibles, um, go, to, go to 1 Thessalonians. We're going to be in the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you want to go ahead and kind of grab that and go there. Um, how's everybody doing? It's 2020. Um, <laughs> I had a absolutely not good week. <laughs> um, but you know, yet I can laugh about it. Yet God is good in the midst of not so good weeks at times, right? And um, you know, in the midst of 2020, it's been a it's been a crazy, absolutely crazy year. Um, who would have thought 2019 we would have been looking at all the things that we're looking at in 2020? And you know. Sometimes, like when these things kind of happen, and all the turmoil and everything, um, if you're like me, sometimes I ask God, like, what, what's your will for my life? Anybody ever ask that question? What's, what's, what, God, what do you have for me? And so many times we ask what God's will for our lives is on a much very personal track, right? We're like, okay, God, so. Uh, in the next year, what am I supposed to do? Maybe it's career, maybe it's family, maybe it's, you know, like, am I supposed to sell my house? Am I supposed to buy a new house? Am I supposed to stay here? Am I supposed to go in the mission field? You know, all these questions can kind of come out of, of some turmoil at times. And, you know, I was like, God, what, what's, what's your will for my life? Um, I've been kind of asking that in, in 2020. And um, it's interesting because you know, like, you know, I'd be like, man, it'd be nice if God would just have it written down. What, what, is, what is the track for me? What's, my, what's your will for my life? And ironically, if we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in, in 16, it literally says what are his will for our lives are as believers. If you're a believer in Christ, if you have put your trust, your saving faith in Jesus, this is to all of us that have done that. And I'm going to go ahead and read that, starting in 16. It says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I just want to really just kind of break this down a little bit today, talk about each one of these things. Um, how easy is it to be joyful always? If I'm going to rely on my humanness, if I'm going to rely on just me alone being joyful, it's not going to happen. It's absolutely not going to happen. It's going to be humanly impossible. At least for me it is. Um, you know, uh, there's some people that seem like they're always happy even when they wake up early in the morning. I'm not one of those people. Uh, you can ask my wife. I, uh, I'm usually, it takes me a while to wake up. 
I'm a little bit on the grumpy side at times, um, depending on how I wake up. And the thing is, if I'm relying on my humanness, on me alone, to be joyful, it's not going to happen. In fact, it's going to be absolutely impossible for me in my humanness to be joyful, to be happy. I might be happy once in a great while, depending on my circumstances, but what happens when a circumstance comes along that isn't very good? And I think we've all experienced that, right? Because that's part of life. And it's not just like, ah, I'm just going to think positive thoughts. I'm going to think rainbows and lollipops and unicorns and make it positive. Sometimes there's just a, a situation that everywhere you look, it's absolutely just stinks. I was looking up a definition, a good definition of what joy is, a Christian definition. And uh, I found this, um, and I really like this. It says, biblical joy is choosing to respond to external circumstances, outside circumstances, and most of those circumstances we have no, absolutely no control over. In fact, if we're really honest with ourselves, we have absolutely no control over. To respond to external circumstances with inner contentment and satisfaction because we know that God will use these experiences to accomplish his work in and through our lives. I thought that was a really good definition. Because so many times, if we're looking at joy, um, happiness through human terms, it's easy to be there when, when everything's going the way we want them to. It's, however, when things are not going the way we want them to, when things are taken out of our control, when things are, um, like I said, if we're living in 2020, right? Um, the things that are absolutely, completely out of our control, removed from our control, and things are not going the way that we want them to go exactly, that's when it's hard to express joy, at least in human terms. James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And then it goes on to say that facing those trials actually are doing things in your life. God is actually doing things in your life, not just in your life, but also through your life in those many different trials and many different circumstances. As some of you guys know, I, I, I'm a chaplain at, at one of the, a couple of the nursing homes in, in Millsburg, and um, there's a guy that um, just really ministered to me. Um, he comes every now and then. He, uh, he lives over in the Mansfield area, <clears throat> and he is completely paralyzed from his neck down. Think about that for a second. How in the world... <clears throat> Can you survive neck down, absolutely not being able to move? And honestly, you can't. You have to have people around you doing things for you. Just the practical things, like eating. I'm hungry. If you're, you and I are hungry, what do we do? We usually go to the fridge, crowd, you know, go through the kitchen. Ah, uh, you know, there's nothing there, even though my, you know, I'm not, I can't find anything to eat. 
even though there's, there's all the stuff in there, right? He is forced to even just ask for someone to bring him something to eat. He's on a schedule, obviously, for you know, breakfast, lunch, supper, kind of out of his control. But he lives with his, uh, lives with his wife, and he can sense when his wife is starting to get burnt out so he's like, he goes into respite care, what they call respite care. It's just, it just kind of a break from your normal routine at home. And he comes to the nursing home. And I remember the first day he was there, I was walking the halls, and one of the aides was like flagging me down. She's like, you've got to go meet this guy. There's something about him. There's something different about him. And, you know, honestly, you know, um, a lot of guys that are in that situation become very grumpy <laughs> or very manipulative um, because everything else has been stripped away from them. And she said, this guy is different. There's something about this guy. So um, I walked in his room and talked to him a little bit, and he's a believer. I mean, he, you know, he didn't even know I was chaplain, and he was started talking to me about Jesus, <laughs> which is awesome. And that's really where the root of his joy is. Um, in the midst of having someone feed him, having someone take care of his bodily functions, some, having someone actually come in and, and have to um, manipulate his joints so they don't seize up, so he doesn't become just a, a, a piece of cardboard or a, a piece of board. He, he, he has to have people moving his joints so they don't seize up. Um, all of those things are there for him, he has to have that happen, uh, have that uh, being taken care of for him. But yet, in the midst of that, his attitude is of joy, is of excitement that the fact is that he gets to share Jesus. He gets to share Jesus with these people that are taking care of him. They're almost like a captive audience for him. And they can't get around him. I mean, he's, he's there, and he's like, he's like, and he's, the thing is, though, when, when we look at this, he is, his testimony is awesome, and he has a huge platform because of his situ situation and circumstance. In the beginning of, of um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, verse 6, it says, um, You become imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcome the message with the joy given to you by the Holy Spirit. And this is the key, guys, for, for us that are believers in Christ, the, those of us that have put our trust, our saving faith in Jesus, what happens? The moment we believe, the Holy Spirit comes in and resides in us. And this is, this is a product of the Holy Spirit, this, this supernatural joy. Nobody in their right mind would be joyful over the fact of being in bed, bedridden, not being able to take care of themselves and yet this gentleman this this man that is really a missionary because he is going in to places that are kind of foreign to us nursing homes and every now and then he'll have a roommate he'll be able to encourage his roommate he'll be able to share Jesus with his roommate he is sharing Jesus with the staff he is has a platform that God is using in his life to impact other people. 
which is pretty cool to think about. And he has accepted that. His joy is not in the external circumstances that he's feeling, but his, his joy is coming from that inner commitment and satisfaction that Jesus is doing something in his life right now and he is using his life in an awesome way, in a terrific way. And it goes on in, 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 in 1 Thessalonians, it says, uh, in 7, it says, and, you, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only there, your faith in God has become known everywhere. And honestly, that, that is, that's very similar to what has happened at Sycamore when this guy comes. And he, he comes on a regular basis um, with all this COVID stuff. He hasn't been there this year. But the staff look forward to seeing him. The staff actually like, man, they look forward, even though they have to do a little more care for him, because he is giving something back to them. That joy that he is has experienced in Christ is overflowing in his life and he is able to give them something give them something that they don't usually see in people and so it, it is really awesome to see that happen on a on a practical level such as that Next thing that Paul talks about in 17 is pray continually. And if you notice this, um, it, he, has, he has such extremes in these. You know, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And I love this. And um, I know my wife has accused me in the past of um, talking like this. At times, I can be extreme at times. But um, I love how extreme Paul is. You know, when are we supposed to be joyful? Always. Even in the bad times? Yes, always. Pray continually. Um, you know, when I was, I was uh, a little, little boy, I, I would go to vacation Bible school, and um, one thing that they always taught us at vacation Bible school was how to pray, right? And, and so, and there, there's nothing necessarily wrong with this, but you know, Put your hands on your lap. Put your feet on the ground if you can reach it. Bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to talk to God right now. Is that the formula that we need to do to talk to God? And that's really what prayer is, right? Communication with God. But so many times we, we think that we have to do X, Y, Z, like, you know, this, this, this whole, like, oh, we got to uh, do this, do this, do this. Um, Honestly, I pray a lot to God, even in the car. Now, this wouldn't work very well if I'm starting to bow my head and close my eyes as I'm driving down Interstate 77. It just wouldn't work very well. And because of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus has done, we have this privilege of coming before God and being able to talk to him, having open communication with him anytime we want. You ever think about that for a second? What gives me the right to even talk to 
the creator of the universe. The being that has no beginning, no end. This, this, this being that um, is so awesome that in, if you go into Exodus where um, Moses is like, I want to see you, God. And God's like, if you see me fully, you'll die. That is how awesome God is. And compared to our humanness, our sinfulness, we absolutely don't have any, any right to go before God and to talk to him. But yet, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, because of Jesus going to the cross and dying for me and my sinfulness and for you and your sinfulness, we have, we have that right, we have that privilege of having a relationship with God. He is now my father. You ever think about that, though? I mean, honestly, I mean, the creator of the universe, God Almighty, is now my father. I get to call him, I mean, in a way, dad. That's amazing if we think about it. Do we approach prayer in that way? Do we approach prayer in that way? Do we, do we think about the fact that my father wants to have a conversation with me? That he wants to know what's going on in my life right now? That he is wanting to hear how my day is going, even if it's a bad day? Wednesday, I, I went out walking because I just had a, a terrible day. And uh, I walked a couple miles, probably three or four actually. And um, I was talking to God the whole time. And I was venting to him and just sharing, even though he knew everything that happened. He even knew before it even happened that it was going to happen that way. But I was able to share with him my deepest feelings on how I was feeling in those moments. It's really awesome to think about the fact that we have this privilege, privilege of going before God, my Father, and able to have that communication with Him, to be able to share with Him. And, uh, you know, and, and he, he can share with me. Um, you know, obviously, um, reading the Bible is one of the biggest ways that I can, I know what God's um, going to share with me. But, you know, it, it's really amazing to think, like I said, the creator of the universe, the one who spoke things into existence, that he finds it enough to take enough time for me. And I know that for God, God's in charge of time anyway. He's not bound by time. But, you know, why, why would he even care enough about me to be able to just to hear, hear me? It's because he loves me. And it really is a privilege. It is a privilege to be able to prayer, to pray, to communicate with him on a continual basis. Eighteen. Give, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, you know, and, and, and as, as I was thinking about this this morning, 
as I was trying to kind of wrap my brain around what I wanted to share this morning with everybody, um, I really don't think you can separate any of these. I don't think you can just separate and say, okay, I'm just going to be joyful always, and then neglect the praying part. Or, you know, I'm just going to pray continually and neglect the joyfulness part. And, and really, as we look at this, in, in 18, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. And once again, I think this is an important part of this. It's almost like braiding a rope, uh, or braiding twine into a rope. Um, all three of these things are part of God's will for my life in Christ Jesus. This is what God wills for my life because he has saved me, he has redeemed me, he has given me the Holy Spirit. And so I believe giving thanks in all circumstances is huge. If we go back to that definition, you know, of joy, it's knowing that I, I am trusting that God is going to be doing something through these circumstances that I'm going through. Knowing that God is going to work out everything for according to his plan and so this is really the attitude of the believer of those who have put their trust and once again not just a trust for me to get out of hell but it's a trust knowing that God has it all that God has everything already figured out and sometimes that's hard for us to to comprehend especially when we're going in a, a very uh, not-so-good circumstance. But give thanks in all circumstances. And I really, I, I really do believe that the only way we can give thanks in all circumstances is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Giving thanks in all circumstances actually shows that we are trusting Christ, trusting God more, more than we trust what we're seeing around us. And that really is uh, where, the road, where the rubber meets the road for our faith, isn't it? Do I trust God more than what I'm experiencing right now? Can we do that? And once again, I, I will submit to you, the only way we can do that is through the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is now indwelling in me, living in me, alive in me. He has changed my perspective on how I look at things. Now, once again, there's always that kind of internal battle, in, in, at least in my life, where this week I wasn't always looking at it this way. I was kind of fighting with myself. I was fighting, my, my, my human side was fighting with the Holy Spirit, like, ah, God, this, this just, just stinks. And how can I give thanks in these circumstances? Something I was wrestling through, and it, it's, it's so funny because I, I believe that God has such a sense of humor. As I'm preparing for the sermon, this is actually happening in my life right now. <laughs> but I think, I think one thing we have to remember 
Um, if we go to Philippians chapter 4. And worship team, you can come on up. I'm going to give some closing thoughts here. Um, but Philippians chapter 4, starting in... Uh, well, actually, uh, let me throw a verse out that's probably pretty popular. It, it's uh, verse 13. It says... I can do everything through him who gives me strength. How many have you heard that verse before? Probably seen it on a nice plaque, right? Um, maybe it's on a piece of a sports equipment. And I've seen it taken out of context so many times. And in fact, I, I was talking to somebody and they said that um, they aren't even, um, a lot of times not even quoting um, the last part, but they're just saying, I can do everything. <laughs> I can do everything. But if you take that by itself, I can do everything through Christ, through Christ who gives me strength. What's that say? If we pull that out, it's like, ah, I get to decide. I, get to, I, can, I can choose. I can, I can pick. And uh, God's going to let me do whatever. But if you look at the, the context of this, and I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll start in verse 10. It says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned but you've had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And I, I believe that's the key word right there, content. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. There it is again. In any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength are we content in the Lord and not our circumstances I believe the, the heart of, of all these three things that we've been talking about this morning is really the contentment is Jesus enough is Jesus enough are we content in him or are we looking for contentment in our circumstances what is what is really cool to think about this as Paul is writing this to the churches where was he at he was in jail In fact, if you look at the beginning of Philippians, it says how, how the, the, um, the prison system, how, the, how the, um, all these people are learning about the gospel because Paul, very much like the gentleman I just talked about, was, had captive audiences. The guards, the, those people that are around him were learning about Jesus and seeing his joy in a situation that isn't very joyful on human terms. And God was using that. But you know what's so cool? God is still using what Paul went through right now. You ever think about that? Paul had to write letters to the church. How much of the New Testament is Paul's letters to the church? Paul's circumstance... and not a very good circumstance, being in jail, is blessing my life 
right now has a blessing on my life because I get to read his words to those churches. It has a huge impact on my life and hopefully on yours. So many times we look at our circumstances and say, how is God using this? And I'm sure there was times in Paul's life he was asking, how in the world is he going to use this? But yet he was trusting that God is and was. And like I said, God is still using those circumstances that Paul was in to bless our lives today. I just want to end um, with three, three different questions. And uh, once again, these, these questions were more geared for me this week. <laughs> but um, I think these are, these are good questions to ask ourselves. And so once again, there's nothing um, God inspired by through these, but these are just questions that I had to ask myself this week. The first one is, is the joy or happiness you have dictated by your circumstances? Or is it from your relationship with your Heavenly Father because of what Jesus Christ has done for you? Where's the source of your joy? Is it, is it rooted in Jesus? Because of what he's done for you and what he is continually doing in you, in you and through you? Or is it, is it based on, man, I had a bad week or I had a bad day or it's 2020? Second question. Do you look forward to your conversations with your Heavenly Father? Or, or do you feel like it's just another religious responsibility, obligation that you have to do? You know, growing up in the church, I, I felt like, you know, I better, I better say my prayer at night. I better say my prayer at the dinner time. I better, I better uh, do X, Y, Z. But as my relationship has grown with the, my Heavenly Father, I can't imagine not being able to speak to Him. Once again, our attitude, is it a privilege be able to go before the Father, before my Father, and talk to Him? Or is it a religious obligation that I'm having to do? And last one, are you thankful? Are you thankful? Or are you never content? I was asking myself this, that, that question this week. Um, I, I did sales at one time, um, lumber salesman, and uh, there was a good salesman that was training me. And you know what his secret of being a good salesman was? Never being content. You break your record today, you know, you, you, you break your sales record today, and tomorrow you need to break it again. And the next day you need to break it again. And the next day you break it again. And as he was sharing that little tidbit and he was a great salesman I was thinking to myself where where is the thankfulness 
Where is the thankfulness that, man, I, I just broke my sales record for today? And it's something that has kind of stuck with me from the rest of my life since, since that job. Um, I left that job just, just being pretty frustrated because there was no room for thankfulness in that job, in, in, in doing that job, because you're always striving, you're always wanting more, 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 more. Am I content with what the Lord has done for me, what he has given me, what he has ultimately um, sacrificed his life for, for me, that relationship with God? Are we content? I really do believe that is the secret of all three of these things, obviously through the Holy Spirit. Being content in the Lord and knowing He has me, that He loves me, that He cares about me, and that He is doing things through my circumstances, in my life, and through my life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank You so much. I thank You for for Your love, for Your... um, your spirit we thank you that you um, are our ultimate contentment that you you can be our ultimate everything that um, everything this world has to offer is not enough compared to you and um, I just pray right now that uh, you will just be leading us guiding us and um, allowing us through your Holy Spirit to have joy to be able to pray continually and to um, be thankful. Um, Once again, thank you. In your name I pray, amen.